We would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we have, of course, a whole agenda of music to play for you this evening. And our jazz feature, which is, of course, the main part of our program, and it comes right at the beginning. And this being the last Monday of the merry month of March, we have been featuring the music of Thelonious Monk all month on the jazz feature. And our final presentation is a historic concert that took place February 28, 1959, at Town Hall in New York City. And Thelonious and his quartet, his working quartet, was presented, but the main part of the show was a 10-piece band, the Thelonious Monk Orchestra. Now, by this time, Thelonious Monk had become, um, he had been out of the obscurity and and uh, uh, his acceptance on the jazz scene was uh, was without a doubt and he had been elevated to uh, the position of one of the great movers and shakers of jazz by this time he was no longer um, an eccentric um, a less than competent piano player, all of this kind of stuff. His music was accepted, and his way of playing that music, his way of playing the piano had been accepted. This was Thelonious Monk. Uh, He had had made it in not only the eyes of um, his devoted audience, but the eyes of the critics, and a lot of people were now converted to listening to the music of Thelonious Monk, and he was being honored um, from just about every corner. Now, this particular concert really was an important event. It was uh, extremely well attended, and it was very well reviewed. Uh, There were a couple of um, uh, rather lukewarm uh, reviews, But basically, uh, most of the jazz critics who were there and had heard the concert were very impressed by what happened at this uh, particular event. And of course, it augured well for for Monk because um, by the time the 60s rolled around, Monk was now established uh, firmly and, of course, received all the accolades uh, deserving of a great artist who um, focused his life on making his art um, possible. Uh, eventually, he became one of the first jazz musicians to be honored with a, a cover on Time magazine. Uh, he was written up all over the world and traveled all over the world with his group. And um, the 60s were really um, peak times for Thelonious Monk, and there were even some fine financial awards as well. So he could take care of his family. Uh, Nellie no longer had to take in laundry and work and slave uh, to keep 
monk um, and and the rest of his family, his his uh, daughter and his son, uh, together. Um, monk was a success. So this concert kind of augured that it was it was pointing in that direction. Now to get to the specifics, there were hopes that this band uh, would do a short tour um, and uh, play in various other venues. It never happened, unfortunately. There were circumstances um, too complicated to talk about this evening that uh, prevented that from happening. So this was the one and only event um, with, with this particular band. Although I will say in 1963... There was another concert, and it was recorded by his new label, which was Columbia Records, of a big band and uh, with some very different people uh, in the band. And uh, one day we'll hear that concert. But this one was really important because this was kind of a first for Monk. Now, helping Monk was a gentleman that you don't really hear about because he doesn't perform uh, on this recording, but he was very important. He was the gentleman who called um, the rehearsals and and worked out the parts and wrote with Monk um, for a larger group uh, Monk's compositions and expanded them for this uh, 10-piece orchestra. And his name was Hall Overton. And uh, he was a man that Monk trusted very much. And, of course, the, the band um, went through quite extensive rehearsals at uh, Hall Overton's Lounge, uh, with Monk, of course, being there and supervising and going over the music and, and, and getting it right before this, uh, before this concert. So Monk was up for it and prepared for it. And uh, with the help of Hall Overton, he pulled together the music in this 10-piece band. The concert was in two parts. The first part of the concert was his Monk's working quartet with the great Charlie Rouse on tenor saxophone, who um, became a permanent member of Monk's quartet for 11 years. And uh, the sound of Charlie Rouse and Thelonious Monk are inseparable. And it was very um, smart decision on Monk's part to to pick uh, Charlie Rouse for his uh, saxophone voice. Now, don't forget, Monk had worked with Sonny Rollins, John Coltrane, and and other saxophone players. Rouse really filled the bill for uh, for Monk, and that's why uh, he stayed with Monk for eleven years. They were perfect for one another. Monk's um, choice was was uh, very wise. He liked tenor saxophonists with big, rich sounds, which Charlie Rouse had. And Rouse's concept was um, kind of unsentimental, like Thelonious's as well. So they were they were really a perfect fit. And uh, so he was the saxophone voice in the band. Great rhythm section here that Monk had. Uh, they had worked together for, oh, about a year and a half. The great Sam Jones was the bass player. And, of course, on drums, one of the great New York drummers, 
Arthur Taylor. So Sam Jones and, and Arthur Taylor on drums. So they made up the Monk Quartet. So we're going to hear a set of three tunes, which was the first part of this concert, kind of a prelude to, what, to the main event. And uh, these performances are absolutely wonderful. Uh, so we're going to hear those first. And then, with a very short break, and that's the way it happened at Town Hall, we'll turn everything over to the Thelonious Monk Orchestra. Now, the people involved in the orchestra were, of course, Mr. Monk on piano, um, three non-soloists filling out the ensemble, Jay McAllister on tuba, Robert Northern on French horn, and Eddie Burt on trombone. The soloists that you will hear, and of course also members of the ensemble, Donald Byrd on trumpet, wonderful lyric, uh, lyrical kind of uh, trumpet player, very thoughtful player with a beautiful sound, and the great, and he is wonderful on this uh, set, he was up for it, Phil Woods on alto saxophone. On tenor saxophone, of course, Charlie Rouse in the middle, and on baritone saxophone, one of the great voices of that instrument, the one and only Pepper Adams. And, of course, on bass, Sam Jones. And on drums, Arthur Taylor. So that is the personnel of the band. But first, we're going to hear the quartet. And uh, we open with um, the three monk compositions. The first one dedicated to his friend Bud Powell. It's called In Walk Bud. The second tune, of course, is a tune that uh, probably is one of the best known and most frequently played by others, Monk composition, and that's Blue Monk. And the final tune is his um, Thelonious's variations on I Got Rhythm, and he calls it Rhythmining. So the first part of our jazz feature this evening, the Thelonious Monk Quartet, recorded at Town Hall in New York City, February 28th, 1959. Here's part one of the concert. Thank you. 
That was the first part of our jazz feature. And, of course, coming up next is the Thelonious Monk Orchestra. And uh, we heard three performances by the working Monk Quartet with uh, Charlie Rouse on tenor saxophone, Sam Jones on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums, and, of course, Thelonious Monk at the piano. Three Monk staples. In Walked Bud was the first tune. Blue Monk was the second tune. And the final tune, Rhythmining. Now we move to the main part of the concert. Um, You've all gone to the bar, got yourself a drink, uh, stretched your legs, and now you can come back and sit in your comfortable chair and check out the Thelonious Monk Orchestra. Once again, the personnel, the non-soloists, we start with Jay McAllister on tuba, Robert Northern on French horn, and Eddie Burt on trombone. Then the soloists and members of the ensemble as well, Donald Byrd on trumpet, Phil Woods on alto saxophone, Charlie Rouse on tenor saxophone, and Pepper Adams on baritone saxophone. And, of course, the rhythm section once again, Sam Jones on bass and Arthur Taylor on drums. And, of course, the one and only Thelonious Monk at the piano. The tunes we're going to hear, this is the complete um, repertoire that this band, this short-lived band, uh, had. There were only six tunes that were orchestrated for this 10-piece band. First tune is a very short version of um, a composition simply called Thelonious. The second tune is the pièce de résistance of the set um, because of a great solo by Phil Woods on alto saxophone, and that's the enigmatic uh, four-bar composition, Friday the 13th. After Friday the 13th, tune number three is a very beautiful piece of music, entitled Monk's Mood. And then the virtuoso piece of the whole set is Monk's composition dedicated to his son. Um, that He wrote it for his son when his son was just a little kid, and uh, it was called Little Rudy Tootie. And um, because uh, Thelonious Monk Jr., Monk's son, uh, his nickname was Tootie. And... Uh, He became known as that. Now he's known as T.S. Monk. Anyway, uh, this tune is very interesting. It was recorded, the original version of this was recorded in 1952 uh, on a a prestige album, and Monk's original solo is orchestrated for the whole band uh, on this, and uh, believe me, they had to rehearse a long time to get this one together. Anyway, that's what we're going to hear, Little Rudy Tootie. And following that is another really fine monk composition that he wrote, an early composition. It's called Off Minor. And the final tune is Thelonious' dedication to his devoted and loving wife, Nellie. And it's called Crepuscule with Nellie. And that completes the set.
So we return now to Town Hall, February 28th, 1959, in New York City, the Thelonious Monk Orchestra, the main event.
And that was our jazz feature. And, of course, we're wrapping up the month of March. This is the last uh, show for the month of March. And we have featured the music of the one and only Thelonious Monk. This was a concert that kind of portended the future of Monk because the 1960s were was the era that Monk achieved full recognition for his um, artistic pursuits, um, world tours, um, bookings all over North America, Europe, and um, tours of Japan, um, every country in Europe, and, of course, uh, recognition of his uh, artistic achievements with a cover on Time magazine, um, financial rewards, and everything else. And this, this album kind of uh, uh, was an omen that all good things were going to happen to Monk. So this historic concert, and this was the only one played by this uh, orchestra, took place February 28, 1959, at Town Hall in New York City. And the people involved here... The non-soloists, Jay McAllister on tuba, Robert Northern on French horn, Eddie Burt on trombone, and then the uh, other performers who were also soloists, Donald Byrd on trumpet with his uh, wonderfully um, smooth lyrical concept, and the saxophone section, the great Phil Woods on alto saxophone, um, Charlie Rouse, of course, who was Monk's uh, main man on tenor saxophone, and Pepper Adams on baritone saxophone, and on bass, Sam Jones, on drums, Arthur Taylor. And we heard the six tunes that were arranged by Monk and his musical partner, someone who... Uh, really um, needs to be recognized a little more here, Hall Overton. And Hall was um, a person that Monk liked and trusted, and the band rehearsed actually at, uh, at uh, Hall's um, loft in New York City and prepared um, for weeks for this uh, up-and-coming concert. They worked very hard because uh, the music was not exactly easy to play, and... Um, as I said, Monk trusted uh, Hall Overton and uh, enjoyed his orchestrations of uh, Monk's compositions. We heard, uh, we opened with a very short version of uh, a tune called Thelonious, kind of an introduction to the uh, main part of the concert. And then we hit with this mysterious four-bar tune that Monk wrote way back in the uh, about 1953, and it was called Friday the 13th, and it had this tremendous alto saxophone solo by Phil Woods. Then we heard the very beautiful, moody Monk's Mood, and then another piece de resistance, uh, Little Rudy Tootie, where Monk's original solo from his 1952 recording was orchestrated for the full band, and we heard them roar on that. And you can imagine how much work they had to put in to uh, get that one together. Then we moved to a, a, an early Monk composition called Off Minor, 
And the final tune was, of course, Monk's dedication to his beloved and devoted wife, Nellie. And it was called Crepuscule with Nellie. So that's it, our jazz feature this evening. We heard, first of all, three tunes by the Working Quartet. We took a brief intermission and brought in the Thelonious Monk Orchestra at Town Hall. All of this was released on Riverside Records, and, of course, it was greeted by um, great uh, critical acclaim. And, of course, the recording sold well and became... uh, if you were a fan of Thelonious Monk, you had to have this recording. So there you go. Our jazz feature this evening on The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. We'll be right back with um, one, um, we heard some of this last week, but an album that won the Juno Award for Best Jazz Recording, Solo. And uh, we're going to hear some tracks from that because it has uh, a bit of a Vancouver connection here. And um, we'll tell you more about that in a few moments. My name's Gavin Walker, and this is The Jazz Show. And check out some important messages. We don't need to tell you that Vancouver has a housing problem. Mass evictions. Mass rent evictions. Unfair rent increases. What happened to rent control and protection from unfair eviction? If these or other housing matters concern you, you may be interested in joining the Vancouver Tenants Union. For more information, visit tenantsunion.ca. newspapers and magazines did you regularly read to stay informed and to understand the I've world? read most of them, again, with a great appreciation for the press, for the media. But like, what I mean, specifically? I'm um, all of them. Want to know more than Sarah Palin? Join CITR's Current Affairs Coordinator, Alex DeBoer, every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. in room 2514 in the AMS Nest to learn best practices for covering local current affairs topics for radio. The weekly training sessions will cover writing for radio, determining newsworthiness, media ethics, interviewing, writing balanced stories, and more. Well, I hope you enjoyed that pregnant pause before the uh, thunderclap. <laughs> we have the weather. The weather. Oh, well, it's, um, you know, <laughs> I wish it could be better, but at least uh, it, it isn't uh, uh, 
crazy like the weather can be in other parts of the country with uh, snowstorms and endless winter and all this kind of stuff. All we're getting is real Vancouver rain. But it is warming up gradually. And, of course, uh, I noticed uh, the other day that the cherry blossoms are starting to uh, get out there on some of the trees. So um, it's trying hard. It's trying hard. Tonight, uh, rain, of course, um, and uh, it's going to carry on for most of the evening and and into the morning. And windy as well with a low of 6. Tomorrow, uh, rain is supposed to ease off by around noon and then cloudy with a 40% chance of a shower for the rest of the day with a low of 6 and a high of 10. Then the outlook for Wednesday uh, is a little better, uh, a mix of sun and cloud with a low of 5 and a high of 11. Thursday is um, not bad. It'll be cloudy with a 30% chance of a shower with a low of 5 and a high of 9. And Good Friday will be showers with a low of 5 and a high of 9. And Saturday, a mix of sun and cloud with a low of 3 and a high of 12. And Easter Sunday will be a mix of sun and cloud with a low of 2 and a high of 11. Very interesting, um, uh, Easter and Passover are happening on, uh, on the same day this year. So, all together. So, Jew and Christian can uh, uh, honor... Uh, whatever they wish to honor on those holidays. And uh, there you go. All right. We have to tell you this, and we'll be right back with the Juno Award winner. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. This album won the Jazz Recording of the Year um, in the Juno Awards that uh, just wrapped up. Of course, there were uh, there were lots of uh, uh, music that was uh, honored at this uh, prestigious event, but uh, this particular album is by bassist Mike Downs, and it's called Root Structure, and it's available on Addo Records, A D D O, uh, and you can look that up. You can uh, uh, Google that, of course, and uh, find out how to. Uh, purchase this album because it's a really, really fine recording. Mike Downs is a bass player, and uh, he's based in Toronto. And on piano and, and keyboards is one of the finest musicians in the whole country. And um, he has been a good friend of mine for many years, and, and he is just a wonderful person and such a talented musician, plays all kinds of different instruments. Uh, he has um, uh, won a Juno Award and, and been honored, of course, uh, uh, for many years. Robbie Botos on piano and uh, various keyboard instruments. And on drums here, Larnell Lewis. But I saved the guitar player for the last because a very strong Vancouver connection. He lived here for many years and, of course, was a huge part 
of uh, Vancouver's music scene, and he very often comes out and visits uh, here in Vancouver. And uh, one of the best-loved musicians and, and uh, wonderful person and wonderful player. I'm talking about Ted Quinlan. So he's the guitarist um, on this. Now, all these compositions, there's 10 of them on this album. They're all by bassist Mike Downs. The album is called Root Structure. We're going to hear three compositions here. Um, the first one is entitled Moving Mountains. The second one is called The Raven. And the third one is the title track from this album, Root Structure. And as I mentioned before, this album won the Juno Award for Album of the Year Solo, Jazz Album of the Year Solo. And uh, all of this music was recorded at the Humber College Studio in Toronto in um, August of 2016. So there you go. Here is the music, and we begin with Moving Mountains. Thank you. 
We heard a bunch of uh, tunes from this album, which won the Juno Award for album, jazz album of the year, Solo. And this was by bassist Mike Downs with the wonderful Ted Quinlan on guitar, Robbie Botosh on piano and keyboards, and Larnell Lewis on drums. And we added um, a tune uh, to what I told you we were going to play. We opened um, the set with uh, three Mike Downs compositions, Moving Mountains, The Raven, and the title track featuring Mike on bass and Larnell Lewis on drums, Root Structure. And then we went to a tune uh, which has a very classical background. We heard that beautiful uh, playing by Robbie Botos on piano. Prelude and Variations. So that closed our tribute to this album. It was released on Addo Records, A-D-D-O. And um, if you're interested in finding this album and, and getting it and adding it to your collection, you can always uh, just Google um, Addo and you'll find out how to uh, uh, get hold of this uh, album. It's called Root Structure, and of course the leader is Mike Downs, spelled D-O-W-N-E-S, Mike Downs. All right, you are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and we are now going to continue the jazz show and take you to New York City, to the Village Vanguard on an afternoon July 12th, 1962. And we're going to hear the Cannonball Adderley Sextet. And, of course, uh, their new edition, it was the Quintet, their new edition. Um, now it's a three-horn front line with uh, Julian Adderley on alto saxophone, Brother Nat on cornet, and Yusef Latif on flute and tenor saxophone. Yusef was the newest addition. He had just joined the band uh, a few weeks before this recording was made. Joe Zavanul on piano, Sam Jones on bass, who we heard on our jazz feature, and Louis Hayes on drums. And Louis is the only surviving member of this legendary band. But this uh, introduction by Cannonball Adderley has uh, been uh, played over and over again. It's uh, it's pretty. Well, I'll just let you listen to it. Here's here's Brother Ball. We've made a lot of records in nightclubs, especially in California, at the famous Lighthouse in Hermosa Beach, and at the Jazz Workshop in San Francisco. And the reason we selected those rooms were because. The audiences were so hip that we could, you know, just play what we want to play without being bothered, and everybody dug it, you see? We've never made a live album in New York because, for some reason, we have never really felt the kind of thing that we wanted to feel 
from the audience, which has nothing to do with acceptance, applause, or appreciation. It's the atmosphere. You know, you get a lot of people who are supposed to be hip, you know, and they act like they're supposed to be hip, which makes a big difference. You see what I mean? Now, we have especially been impressed with the audience here at the matinee performance at the Village Vanguard. We think that this is the kind of audience that is the real jazz audience. And uh, we want to thank you for making it possible, for being so really hip. You know, hipness is, is not a, a state of mind. It's a fact of life. You see what I mean? You don't decide you're hip. It just happens that way. You see what I mean? So today we're doing our first New York live album, courtesy of you, the audience. Thank you very much. We're going to... We're going to <laughs> we're going to play now one of our new pieces. This one has two different characteristics, two different feelings, a sort of schizophrenic type thing. And I think that accounts for the reason why its composer, Mr. Jimmy Heath of Philadelphia, decided to call this one Gemini.
Julian Cannonball Adderley and his sextet recorded at the Village Vanguard in New York, January 12th, 1962. And, of course, we heard that uh, wonderful um, intro, spoken intro by Cannonball about what it's like to be hip. And uh, <laughs> that's a classic, of course. And uh, we segued into uh, Jimmy Heath's great composition called Gemini. And we heard Cannonball, of course, on alto saxophone, leading the band, Brother Nat on cornet, Yusef Latif on flute and tenor saxophone, Joe Zavanul on piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Louis Hayes on drums. And this was the first official recording by the Cannonball Adderley Sextet. It had previously been a quintet, and uh, Yusef Latif, uh, augmented the band to a three-horn front line. And, of course, that was uh, a classic group that was uh, together for uh, for many years. Julian Cannonball Adderley and his sextet. We shall be back in a moment. Just like to remind you that you are listening to CITR-FM 101.9. Or on your computer, www.citr.ca. This is The Jazz Show, a regular Monday night feature. My name's Gavin Walker, and we'll be right back with some music by Big John Patton. You're a member of CITR and Discorder, but are you a true friend? Get a Friends of CITR and Discorder card for $20 for discounts in Kitsilano and around UBC at On the Fringe Hair Design, Rufus Guitar Shop, Stormcrow Ale House, The Bike Kitchen, UBC Bookstore, Australia Boot Company, and so many more. and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. Here's one of the leading Hammond organists, the late, great, big John Patton, with uh, a band that uh, includes Blue Mitchell on trumpet, Harold Vick on tenor saxophone, Grant Green on guitar, and, of course, John Patton on the Hammond organ, and Ben Dixon on drums. And we're going to hear two tunes from this album called Old Baby, and it came out on... Blue Note Records. Uh, the first tune was written by drummer Ben Dixon. It's called Fat Judy. And the second tune was written by tenor saxophonist Harold Vick. And it's called Night Flight. So here are some um, boss Hammond organ 
Big John Patton. Uh, sorry for the delay. Wrong channel. <laughs> okay, here we go. Big John Patton.
We heard a couple of great tracks from 
an album entitled, Oh Baby, Big John Patton, one of the great masters of the Hammond organ with a very fine band. And uh, <laughs> due to uh, my very competent <laughs> engineering, I had to start the first tune uh, over again because I hit the wrong button and canceled it. So actually, so we got a little taste of uh, uh, an extended version of the first tune. Uh, the people involved here, first of all, uh, Blue Mitchell on trumpet, Harold Vick on tenor saxophone, Grant Green on guitar, Big John Patton, of course, on the Hammond organ, and Ben Dixon on drums. And the first tune we heard was Ben Dixon's composition called Fat Judy. And the second tune uh, was written by saxophonist Harold Vick, and that was called Night Flight. So we heard two sides of uh, John Patton, very, very versatile Hammond organist, and recorded a lot of albums for Blue Note Records, and passed away a number of years ago. A great player, John Patton. Just recently, one of the most innovative pianists who is still living and still performing occasionally, Cecil Taylor. Now, he has always been um, on the edge and uh, an iconoclastic figure, perhaps even more radical than Thelonious Monk. Cecil Taylor... Um, this is an incredible composer and, and uh, a marvelous musician, and of course has recorded uh, all kinds of albums over the years. This one goes back to 1959, and this is when Cecil was still using um, the rhythm section in a conventional way, and it makes his music and his his uh, innovations a little more, um, I guess, user friendly uh, would be a word that I would describe that. Because later on, he began to use the rhythm section in a, a much more uh, abstract manner. But um, he's still here, uh, working with basic four-four time. So this quartet was something very special because this is the only recording where Earl Griffiths, who plays vibes on here, this is his only recording ever, and he was a discovery of Cecil's, and uh, they did work uh, a whole bunch of gigs together, and um, Earl Griffith appeared on this album. Uh, which came out on contemporary records called Looking Ahead. So we have uh, Cecil Taylor, of course, leading the band on piano. And this, uh, we're going to hear two compositions from this classic album with Earl Griffith on vibes and someone who just passed away uh, a few days ago, wonderful bass player who played with Cecil for so many years, Buell Needlinger on acoustic bass. A marvelous player and uh, a wonderful bass player. Played with all kinds of people. And on drums, uh, originally from the West Indies, Dennis Charles. So we're going to hear two compositions by Cecil from this uh, album. Uh, the first one is called Toll, like Toll Bridge. And the second one, uh, it's a great title, Excursion 
on a wobbly rail. The music of Cecil Taylor.
Two pieces of music by Cecil Taylor, who just celebrated a birthday just a few days ago. Cecil Taylor on piano with Earl Griffith on vibes. And uh, this was Earl's only recording. And uh, he and Cecil seem to work together uh, really uh, incredibly well. Buell Needlinger on bass, who unfortunately just passed away um, yesterday or a couple of days ago. Uh, just a, a really, really fine bass player who, who appeared with Taylor over the years. And Dennis Charles on drums. And this is from uh, Cecil's album recorded in 1959 in New York City. Uh, and it was issued on the West Coast Contemporary label. And the album was called Looking Ahead. And we heard two tunes. Uh, the first one was, and they're both Taylor compositions, obviously. Uh, the first one was entitled Toll. And the second one, great title, Excursion on a Wobbly Rail. There you are. The music of Cecil Taylor. Here is a band that should have lasted a lot longer. It did. Uh, they were together for about a year. And it was made up of uh, musicians based on the West Coast. And they performed in the um, L.A. area way back when. And I'm talking about the Four Souls, led by drummer Lenny McBrown. Lenny McBrown and the Four Souls. And that includes uh, a wonderful trumpet player from the San Diego area, um, Don Sleet. And on tenor saxophone, another legend uh, from the West Coast, of course, who resided in uh, San Diego, Daniel Jackson on tenor saxophone, Terry Trotter on piano, Jimmy Bond on bass, and the leader, Lenny McBrown on drums. And we're going to hear a couple of tunes from uh, this album, which was issued on Riverside Records, and it was called Eastern Lights. And... Um, this one, uh, the first composition is called Saudi, like Saudi Arabia. And it was written by Daniel Jackson, who did most of the arrangements. And um, it features, well, this album features mostly Daniel Jackson compositions. So we're going to hear Saudi is the first tune. And the second tune is the title track entitled Eastern Lights. So here then is Lenny McBrown and the Four Souls. Thank you. 
That was Lenny McBrown and the Four Souls. Great band that uh, existed on the West Coast back in the uh, early 60s. And um, some of these gentlemen weren't originally from the West Coast. Like Lenny McBrown, (laughs) the leader, was born in New York. And Jimmy Bond, the bassist, um, he's from Phila- he was from uh, Philadelphia. However, they were all based in Los Angeles at the time, and we heard uh, wonderful trumpet player, the late Don Sleet, on trumpet, and one of the mainstays of jazz in the San Diego area for many, many years, Daniel Jackson on tenor saxophone, and a very fine pianist, Terry Trotter, and on bass, of course, I mentioned Jimmy Bond and the leader, Lenny McBrown on drums. We heard two compositions, both by Daniel Jackson, from this uh, wonderful Riverside album called Eastern Lights. And as a matter of fact, that album was produced by Cannonball Adderley, of all people. Yeah, he supervised the date and uh, brought these guys into the uh, recording studio in Los Angeles to record this uh, uh, date. Uh, The first piece of music we heard was called Saudi, and the second piece of music was the title track, Eastern Lights. We're going to stay on the West Coast for our final piece of music this evening on The Jazz Show, and this is a classic uh, composition by pianist Les McCann, and it features Teddy Edwards, one of the great voices of the tenor saxophone, sitting in with the Les McCann trio. And, of course, it was Les McCann on piano, Leroy Vinegar on bass, and Ron Jefferson on drums. And this is a... (laughs) It's got a great title, whatever it means. Um, But Les McCann wrote it, and it's called Beeves Conjumulations. That's the name of the tune, Les McCann and Teddy Edwards.
That's from a fairly obscure album on Pacific Jazz called Teddy Edwards and the Les McCann Trio. And that was a Les McCann composition called Beeb's Conjumulations. Teddy Edwards on tenor saxophone, Les McCann, of course, on piano, Leroy Vinegar on bass, and Ron Jefferson on drums. So concludes the month of March for the jazz show. And, of course, we'll be back in the uh, wonderful month of April. We're going to start a new series of jazz features in April and the beginnings of what was known as fusion. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily jazz rock fusion. That happened a little later. This was the beginning of uh, fusion, and of course one of the main people that uh, began the whole trend was none other than Miles Davis. And when Miles started using um, electronic instruments and that sort of thing in his ensembles and, and getting away from standard tunes and um, et cetera, et cetera. We'll get into all of that um, on the next show, which will be in the month of April. And uh, we'll be hearing bands like Weather Report, Herbie Hancock's Mwandishi Band, et cetera some um, music which became known um, as fusion. The mu uh, musicians didn't call it that. They, they simply said it was contemporary jazz. But, um, you know, people need boxes to put music in, unfortunately, and that's what it became known as. But it was much more than that. Anyway, it was a whole bunch of new stuff that was happening in the early 70s with jazz music, and that's what we'll be exploring next month. So... That's uh, something to look forward to, I hope, and uh, I hope that you can continue to listen to The Jazz Show. My name is Gavin Walker, and you're listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. So take care and uh, enjoy the holiday weekend, uh, of course, which is coming up, and uh, We'll look forward to the month of April, which will be appearing in your neighborhood very soon. Take care. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
Thank you.